ていう。ファクト・フィクション。Oh, sorry. It's all right. That's been recorded. That's going to be the start. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. I can do better. Hang on, I add reverb to it. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of BPM Pod, where we get behind people's music. I'm your host, Ashley Scrace Vendel, and joining me, as always, my wonderful co host, Mr. Chris Weinhardt. Morning, Ashley. Good morning or good evening, wherever you are, everybody. Yeah, it's always weird when we record it and we say good morning. And I realize <laughs> this is kind of timeless. People can listen to it whenever. So,、uh, <laughs> hello. hello. How are you? I am I'm good. I rearranged my trusty synthesizer corner in my room. I know this is great podcast material, but I will show you. <laughs> Look at this over there. I mean, that is impressive, though. Cool, right? We might be able to snap a pic for social media. And you definitely should check out our Instagram and Facebook pages. Plug, plug. And give us a follow, a like. And a, does YouTube still have hearts? No, it doesn't. A five star rating. Whatever. <laughs> Actually, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stuff like that. So、uh, you can rate us on that. Cool. We, we should, we should、uh, read the most creative,、um, like, what's it?、Yeah. Reviews I,、yeah. on the show. I think that's true. If you review us, it can be funny, stupid, good, bad. I don't care. But the most、mm-hmm. creative ones will read out. Get it. Also, he gets a t shirt, he or she. Do we have、yeah. t shirts? No, but we can make one. There we go. Cool. Done. <laughs> we'll make one. Also, out there and about is、um, now on Spotify the Desert Island playlist that we compile every week, which we add songs to. You can find that on Spotify, and the link will be in the episode. And there's the BPM. Guests playlist. So, everyone who's been a guest on here before or is a musician we will have in the future is、uh, added to this really long playlist. There's already 60 something songs on it. Some really good stuff. A couple of bits of you on there as well, I think. Is there? Are there? Cool. Yeah. Two songs of yours on there, I think.、Mm-hmm. But you've got a new song, right? Yes. Coming out. Well, we are still working on it. We have been very productive because Corona makes that very hard. <laughs> And、um, um, we are, we're doing our best. We have our new rehearsal space and recorded drums for the first time. Nice. And we actually, I bought a,、uh, oh、shit, I don't know the English word. It's like a microphone that you put on the floor. It's mainly used for kick drums. It's a Grenzfläche in German.、Uh, is it just, I, th- I thought it was just called a floor mic. Maybe, maybe it is. But it didn't work out as a, as a kick drum mic because we have a Sennheiser 602 for the drummers out there and it's awesome, right? So,、mm. I've read about the Behringer, whatever it is called, and some people use it as a room mic, a mono room mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that, and it's awesome. You can compress the ever living crap out of it, and it sounds, <laughs> and it's amazing. <laughs> I like this.、Um, this sort of, I've been reading a bit about it myself, actually. It's funny you should say that about mics and placement, because there's something I've got into that I'd like to get into when I start recording music again, and that is this whole. Lo fi mic setup. So you have、mm. one in the room just to get sound,、uh, one by your guitar that's good, one by your like, face that's good. So you can do vocals. So you've already got three mics. So you've got ambient vocal and guitar. And、right. then a lo fi one, just a really piece of crap old dictaphone recorder or something, also、yeah. by your guitar. And so you only use that track to manipulate the hell out of to you know, put effects on or weird stuff. 
And right. I listened to some people who have done that. They've overlaid like this lo-fi mic with their actual recorded, you know, acoustic guitar or whatever. And yeah. it sounds wonderful because they're just manipulating this crap sound. So it gives mm-hmm. this really bizarre kind of like synth-like feel to it. It's really, yeah. really cool. Yeah. I think that's that's the most important aspect of, of mixing and producing these days, right? To, to get creative. I mean, it always has been to get creative and use the stuff that is available to you. I just Googled Grenzfläche is a boundary microphone. Oh, boundary mic. Yes, of course. That's right. Yes. Um, I got to know the producer for the German band, the Beatsteaks. You heard of them, Ash? Never heard of them. Uh, they are pretty, they are pretty famous. I think they aren't like as, Huge as the Ärzte, which might be one of the most famous German bands ever. But the Beat Six, they do sing in English, right? And I've got to know their producer, uh, mm. who's called Moses. And he does a special microphone te- technique, which is called the Wurst. And it's basically just a standard old SM57, sure, SM57, like the most regular ass microphone you can think of. And he puts it, I think, between the Tom somewhere directly through the, the drum kit. So no real, if you think about it, no real purpose. No, right? no. Because there's no direct sound coming from, from, from a shell, from a cymbal, from what, wherever. And he puts it in there, calls it the Wurst. And like he compresses it and, 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 and distorts it and everything. And it is kind of his signature sound. There's even a YouTube video about it where he explains the Wurst. So pretty cool. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of similar to what I'm trying to explain. It's just this like mic that kind of serves no purpose that then you just manipulate. Mm. So it becomes like an and effects track. And then it track. adds all the purpose. Yeah, exactly. And it just becomes like an effects track underneath. But I really think that's a great idea. And I never thought about it, actually. I think we need to record a video for the song. And mm. it'll maybe come out early summer, like late spring. And it'll be called Chamber of Lies. What about you? What have you been up to? You've uh, in the podcast episode that was released uh, this week, which is April 11th. We talked to Chase Chance. 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 Sorry, I always get his name wrong. Chance. And you mentioned that you're playing a lot of guitar lately. 
like whatever mm. covers your own songs so is that still a thing <laughs> kind of not not, not uh, when i get time like not mm. enough to mention but i'm definitely getting better like i can feel i'm getting better which is nice i still can't solo for shit but it's it's getting better like it's you, not you fake it till you make it exactly and like i actually know my way around the fretboard a little bit now which has only taken about 10 years but i actually like, <laughs> kind of know what i'm doing now I'm like, oh, right, now I can improvise and go there. That's taken a long time, but whatever. Um, No, what I I have been playing with a lot is this. Now, again, great podcast material. I can match your synth corner with the Fisher-Price keyboard. It's wonderful. Love it. Oh, yeah. So I I actually hate it, and it's annoying, um, and it winds me up that my daughter plays with it. Um, But... I've had a song stuck in my head, and I have a challenge for you, actually. And that is, we need to record this song. It doesn't have to be very long. Like, 30 seconds is fine. But we need to record this song. And it's called Little Fucking Munchkin Men. (laughs) Is that an original Ashley uh, Grace Wendell? It's it's not mine. So, what happened was, when I was in school, this kid and now i was pretty good on piano when i was about 14 15 that was probably my peak of piano playing um one day in this music class we had to write a song so i wrote some ridiculous song that was really complex and whatnot and a bit of a show off but the thing that stole the show was this guy called curtis crook i hope he's still around and he was quite a funny kid he was always in trouble but he was very funny um and he wrote a song called little fucking munchkin men and it is (laughs) it is stuck in my head Ever since. like, And this Dang. is like 17 years ago. And it's stuck in my head ever since. And then when I got this, I realized I can recreate it on this. And it just goes like this. It goes, oh, hold on. Little fucking munchkin man running around. That's all it does. Over and over. And then it gradually just goes down the keys. Little fucking munchkin man running around. Little fucking munchkin man running around. That's it. Over and yeah. over. Dude, he's modulating keys. Yeah, I know. And there's nothing we can do about it. And then it goes back. <laughs> Little fucking munchkin man running around. And it's been stuck in my head ever since. Dude. Um, so that's a hit. And I think we should record it. Hell yeah. Dude, add some like orchestra samples on there and everything. <laughs> a full blown yeah. choir. <laughs> yeah. That'd be amazing. Or we what's, could just what's do his it name al- again? Curtis Crook, and I don't okay, know if you'll cool. ever listen to this, but um, I hope he's still around. We uh, need to find a... him on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, LinkedIn. I will, I don't know. and tag him, because cool. uh, that song has been stuck in my head. So that's what I've had stuck in my head recently. <laughs> Little we should, fucking uh, of course, man. give him the royalties, right? We totally should. We can either do it like a big orchestral thing, or a bit like the fact or fiction jingle, just very synth-heavy. Like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Really like jumpy. Um. So I think we should release that song. Um, cool. It'll be, it'll be hilarious. fucking munchkin, man. Anyway, so that's what's been on my mind. Uh, not very much. <laughs> but seriously, what has been on our minds is some of the stuff from the BPM pod playlist. Now, we got guests past, sort of present, and future guests to submit some of their tracks to a Spotify playlist that we'll keep promoting and sharing to try and spread the love for some unsigned talent that there is around there. And every so often, we're going to pick a few tracks from there and just give them a review, um, which I did warn people we will do and we will be honest about. Now, a quick disclaimer. Fucking crush you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) As with any review, it is our opinion. If you listen to this song and you like it, good for you. Great. If it works for you, wonderful. Like, 
if it doesn't work for us, well, so wonderful. Like, we're allowed to have these differences of opinion, and we're by no means shitting on people for making their own music. Like, totally not. Like, the fact you've even made your own music, produced it, released it, and got it out there is an achievement in itself. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, you know, well done you. But obviously, we're not going to like everything. So And you have to remember, everybody, we are always right. Exactly. No, we're not. We're a couple of idiots. Like, you know, so let's not go too much. But we we picked three this week to review. Um, And one, the first one is Little Quaint Senorita. And the Mm -hmm. name behind it, the person who submitted it is someone called Altair. And the song is called Say a Word. So I kind of enjoyed this one. It has some good little guitar licks. It's got kind of a groovy feeling. And the thing I really liked the most is actually the vocals of all things. I kind of thought that was cool. The vocals are by this person called Amuru. And um, I didn't really sort of, I don't think the melody was too inventive or anything like that. I don't really think it stretched anything, but she does have this very sort of charming, kind of sexy voice. I kind of liked it. I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. Um, this kind of husky voice, which was nice. Little Quaint Senorita, by the way, is an artistic experiment where music, musicians are given a concept and they have to go and write a song based on that concept or topic, which is kind of cool. Like I like that uh, you sort of force people to do something within some boundaries. And mm. uh, yeah, so I kind of liked it. It's got a, It's got this really cool... I think you're going to mention this in a minute, but it has got a very cool 90s feel to it. And um, the vocals are really great. However, there's some other bits that I think you're going to pick up on that didn't quite work. Mm-hmm. First of all, I also like the idea of like working within boundaries. For me personally, I love that. And I think I'm most of the time more creative when having boundaries. It's the same thing with tell me a joke. Well, a joke about what? But as soon as I say, tell me a joke about, I don't know, water, you immediately like you close down on on it certain jokes right and that kind of work i think i love it so i think people can get very creative with it um right the 90s feel yeah i i do dig that totally as well they i I don't know it's it's downbeat the 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 correct term for it i think like this r&b feeling it me personally it reminded me a bit of uh akira yamaoka's silent hill stuff when he's working with what's the singer's name mary 
married? I don't know. I don't know. But he always has, because like the early Silent Hill games came out in the 90s, they have this R&B feel thing to it. And I immediately, immediately love that. The vocals are, of course, the absolute star of the show. Um, like you said, they're like they're not super virtuoso stuff, but I think they don't need to be right because it is a like a mellow background thing. And I'd love to listen to this kind of music uh, while in my car at night. Mm. So yeah, and the sexy feel you mentioned as well. What I didn't like were the guitar licks. I'm to me they sound very Santana esque, and I'm not a fan of Santana. Mm. so and i think they were like a, a, were a bit bitey uh, whenever they came into the song like they they pulled me out of of the of the mellow feeling but that's mm. that well yeah that's my opinion on them because they are well played right guitar player has chops definitely so mm. yeah mm. just not my cup of tea um what i found what i what found was very very weird the youtube video is in mono and I, I first listened to it on Spotify, and I said, that's awesome, because the electric piano has this chorus phaser thing mm, going, mm. wobbles from left to right, and I love that. And when I, and the reverbs were, of course, stereo. And when I listened to it on, in, on YouTube, it can be because I wanted to see the video with the thick dancer, which is awesome. Mm. I was, what the hell happened? Something sounds weird. And then I, yeah, it's, it's mono. I, I I don't know why that whether that was a conscious choice. I don't. I, I can't imagine it was a conscious choice, right? Because why would you upload your audio in mono? Mm. It's not mm. like the video is in four by three and totally has to be this vintage old school thing. No, I guess it so, was a mistake, maybe. But um, I hadn't yeah. noticed it actually until you pointed it out. But yeah, you're correct. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that I. I was not sure about the snare on the track. Really? Yeah. Now, until so, you said it, I hadn't noticed again. And then I was like, he's right. Either this guy is the most consistent drummer in history. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or it is a sample. Because the it sounds so... Well, it's, yeah, it sounds like the exact same thing over and over again. And I, and I love my reverb on, on snares, right? So no shame there. But, but it's... Well, yeah, it sounds so liveless. But if it is a real drummer who's playing the snare, kudos, dude. <laughs> yeah, because you have the steadiest hand known to yeah. man. Like, Hell yeah. <laughs> but if that is you, well done. You fooled yeah. us. You were so good, we thought it was fake. <laughs> so all things considered, I really dig the track. Well, it's nitpicking the things I said, right? So I, I'd listen to that kind of stuff. I love it. Next up on the list was something by a guy called Holger Junghein, and the song is Chocolate.
this song, I don't even know how to nicely put it because he did warn us, by the way, and he also liked our music. So now if we say anything nasty, we sound really horrible. But um, he did warn us it's different. Like it's it's different to everything else on the list when he submitted it. And yeah, different is probably the best description I can think of. It. I actually thought before I listened to it just by the title that it would be like a joke or not a joke, but like chocolate would be a metaphor or something, you know, like it would be a deeper meaning for something else. No, it's just an entire song about chocolate. Like that is <laughs> the song um, about how good chocolate is. Um, so it did make me want chocolate. Which is cool, right? Because not yeah. everything has to be a metaphor. Exactly. I thought it was going to be some poetic thing. And I was like, like respect to this guy. He is just stuck <laughs> to his topic. Like, yeah. nice. <laughs> Um, and I did like it is it reminds me of a kid's song, song actually something that a kid would listen to like a TV show kids TV show kind of thing um, and there's a band that I'm involved in a little self-promotion here called The Vegetarians run by a guy called Hans Anderson and the production's very similar very kind of like kids TV show light trebly jangly kind of stuff um, some of it's not some of it's a bit more proggy but um, <laughs> it's, it's got this kind of pop vibe to it quite clean so I liked it because it was light easy to listen to and he stuck to the concept but you've picked out some very good points oh I did Oh, <laughs> now I'm on the spot funny that you said it sounds like a kid show because uh, when I uh, started up when I booted up the song my girlfriend just walked into my room and the first thing she said what dude it sounds like a kid show commercial music kind of stuff yeah um like the dude is super nice right on on Facebook uh, the way he commented and everything and I uh, checked out his other stuff I think dude's like an artist right he does whatever he wants yeah and he, totally and that's cool but I thought, especially because I'm, all, I'm prone to listen to it from a mixing point of view and a production point of view, it sounded like it was too busy for me. And there were there was so much stuff in there and it sounded like hectic. And it was very hard for me to concentrate on a particular instrument or a part. And sometimes the the instruments weren't as nicely mixed. I think the the, the kick drum was very flat and sounded out of place during a synth solo. However, I love the synth solo at 2.20. Uh, I think it starts around 2.20. Mm. And yeah, there were, there were, it's just so much stuff in there. And I think he could have uh, like shrunken down the arrangement a bit. Mm. I think there were guitars in there and claps and basses and keyboards and more synths and more vocals. And dude, like this is I I'm totally guilty of that as well. Right. If you listen to my shit, there's so much stuff in there and I totally get lost. So I know where he's coming from. Right. And I need to work on that myself. But yeah, like you said, dude, things about chocolate and totally sticks to it. So <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I've big respect to that because it's like i i try to write songs that are not jokey but at least stick to a topic kind of thing and i yeah. often go off track and have to find like a poetic meaning behind it and this guy was like no nope, i like chocolate i'm writing a song about it okay dude or maybe he's like those two freaking idiots yeah like it's actually about the dirtiest nastiest sex you could ever think of <laughs> maybe with absolute morons yeah yeah but he has a, like I checked out his Facebook profile and he posted a I think a Christmas song on there as well and he does have a, like he has a positive message message right yeah he 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 tries to 
uh, entertain people and sends a positive message. And uh, dude, like more power to him because exactly. artists tend to write about all this sad freaking stuff on the world. And he's like, dude, I like fucking love chocolate. So here you go. He's a song about freaking chocolate. And as you put in the notes, we prepped some notes in the background. Um, you put in the notes that it made you really want chocolate. And then you put edit. I got myself some chocolate. It was awesome. It was. It was chocobongs. You know, chocolate bongs oh, from yeah, Kenya. Yeah. Oh, they're lovely. Dude, fucking addictive stuff. And the third <laughs> track on the list that we looked at is probably my track of the week this week. Oh, yeah. Um, it's uh, by an artist called D. Sahin. I think I'm saying that right. And the track is called Shine. Mm. Shine Like there is no light around you Walk As if you saw your home a few steps ahead Sahin is a sort of all-rounder um, musician, really. She's Berlin-based, uh, multi-instrumentalist, very into R&B and sort of indie rock pop. But she uh, came from Istanbul originally to Germany in the early 90s as refugees and has been sort of growing up here and then between the sort of two worlds of Turkish culture and the music that's there and then sort of Western pop music. So she tries to uh, blend this all together. This track actually... Like the way it was like mixed really blew my mind. It's so smooth, like really smooth. Um, I've got to admit, pop soul, which I would class this as, isn't really my genre. I don't massively like it overall. I kind of think that most most tunes in that genre sound very similar, um, and they tend to focus on sort of the same themes. But I really did like this one. Um, I actually like the piano in it a lot. It reminded me of an 80s guy who inspires me a lot called Bruce Hornsby. Very like simple, but somehow complex, like little piano licks, which I really liked. Um, and it's got a good sort of theme to it of empowerment and getting over these sort of tough days and remaining strong. So, um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about it at all, like yeah. critically <laughs> or negatively. I really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, those those are always the best songs, right? Where you can't say anything because they are just <laughs> this good. What? A, well, first of all, D Sahin. I hope we didn't butcher the name, right? The S is a dollar sign, which mm. is totally badass, and I dig yeah. that. <laughs> when I when I read your summary in our document that she like she was a, a refugee and came to, in the nineties and every dude like holy crap, 
what this person must have been through and gone through and must have like survived and everything and like just the things she must have seen right and experienced mm. dude i'm just a regular white guy from the outskirts of berlin right i can't even mm. imagine so kudos and hell yeah more power to you i found that i find that so interesting and i'd love to learn more about this artist right because there, well, there have to be so much stories so many well, stories it's interesting you say that because she'll be coming up in uh in a few weeks time not not quite sure when but definitely by the summer she'll be a oh, guest yeah. on here. so uh, her real name being chili actually so uh, she will be on here in uh in, in in the summer, by the summer. So we'll get to ask her all of these questions as well. And it sounds like she's travelled a lot because this song was written in Valencia, I think. Um, oh, right. I read that, and yeah. And finished in Berlin. And so it seems like she's really got a lot of experiences we can talk about. So. <laughs> the song has travelled more than I. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming back to the arrangement, what I absolutely freaking loved about it were the ghost notes on the snare drum holy fuck sorry we try to not curse as much the <laughs> i freaking love it. i i wrote in my notes there are so many ghost notes in there <laughs> surely the song has to be haunted by now jesus christ i love me some ghost notes explain what a ghost note is just very quickly to people who okay, might cool. not understand that uh, like a ghost note can differ from instrument to instrument, right? On a guitar, a ghost note is basically considered when you mute the strings, but not with your right hand, like a palm mute, but with your left hand. So all you get is this like short chuck. If you want to think of an example, just listen to Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, mm-hmm. In between the chords, like the dun 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 chuck chuck. Those are ghost notes on guitar, right? On drums, ghost notes are very, like, whoa. They're silent quieter notes in between hits regular hits on the snare on the tom on the kick wherever like on any freaking shell on the drum kit right and they fill the space in between downbeats and i think like the ghost mode there can be too many ghost notes but this song Mm. has just the right amount to to give it like this this um acoustic carpet Mm. (laughs) know what i mean like it's just so tasteful and it, it and it gives the song movement in the rhythm section where if it if there weren't any ghost notes yeah it would still be cool like the drummer is super tight and everything but this adds so much to it it's and classy right it's r- totally totally and ghost notes have been i think like i'm more of a rock and metal guy so ghost notes weren't something i was super aware of when i started out because nobody in metal played freaking ghost notes right everybody's yeah. hitting the two and the four exactly and if it's double time, like in the in-between ones. But with the rise of Periphery, like one of the greatest and biggest proc gent bands on the uh, on the planet, right? Matt Halpern is like the ghost note guy. Uh, right now, everybody's doing him and everybody's programming ghost notes, which was impossible, I think, a few years ago. Well, not impossible, but like it wasn't easy to program on MIDI drums ghost notes. But mm. like plugin and sample companies adapted to that and like changed their instru- their virtual instruments to support real lifelike ghost notes and this this dude and this song from design is a prime example for how to play freaking ghost notes on a snare drum so all you drummers out there holy crap check out this song Still to come on this week's episode, we're going to talk about some things we've been listening to a little bit later on, and we'll submit some songs to the Desert Island playlist. Fact or fiction? 
So I do have this time uh, three bands, and I have I have one band, and n- because I want to mix it up, right? Because variety is the spice of life. Apparently, uh, I'm I will give you facts of this band, and you will tell me if those facts are fact or fiction, right? Ah, I like this. Good spin. Go cool, on cool. Hit okay. Me. Uh, we start off with the three bands that I have. The first one is called Butcher Babies. Okay. Wow. And I have to say <laughs> if that's real or fake. Right. I I would I, w- I actually think it should be real, but I'm going to say fake. No, they are real. Wow. And Good. They are pretty popular. They are, are they an all female band? I have a uh, well. I have two front women, right? A groove metal band from Los Angeles. Ah, cool. Yeah, and the, like the um, what's it? What's their names? Heidi Shepherd and Carla Harvey. And Heidi Shepherd has super awesome, like fiery red hair. Next band, Sonata Arctica. Real. Sounds so stuck up. It's got to be real. <laughs> yeah. One of Finland's most popular uh, melodic metal band. And I'm actually going to say, of them. they are going to be a melodic metal band. I knew it the second I heard it. <laughs> they have an awesome singer, like Tony, whatever. Jesus Christ has a vocal range. And of course, like the high speed stuff and everything. So, yeah, Sonata Arctica. Cool band. And the last one I have is uh, Nutellica. Go on, let's say real. So then we've gone for a real <laughs> treble. Uh, yeah, it's a Metallica cover band, Nutellica. I wow. think it is one of the oldest cover bands of Metallica. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay, um, cool. Wow. I thought you yeah. were lying for a second. I was like, is this a chocolate spread thing? Are we going back to that guy's chocolate song? But no. <laughs> Oh, it's even a German cover band, 1969. Okay, the last, uh, like the now the facts for the uh, final band. They are called the Insane Clown Posse. You heard of them? Yes, I know the Insane Clown Posse. Fact or fiction? They do have a. Oh, what a fact is they're like their fan, their fans are called Juggalos, right? Yes. Right. Okay, they respond to calls. Fact or fiction? That go whoop whoop. I think fact. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the whoop whoop call is like, um, like basically they're like, I don't know, it's a mating call or anything, but yeah, they do respond, respond to each other with that. Wow. Okay. They are known for drinking a certain soft drink. I'm going to say yes, but I don't know that that's true, but I'm going to say <laughs> it is because, and then I'll tell you why in a minute. Keep going. It is also true. Uh, Fago is the drink. I don't know that one. Is that an uh, is that a British Never thing, American thing? Never heard of it. Uh, a soft drink company from Detroit. So yeah, Robocop. Ah, there we go. All right. They describe their genres as either underground rap or horrorcore. Fuck it. Let's go clean sweep of truths. 
That's also right. Horrorcore is like a, a genre that is uh, super uh, obsessed with murder and committing crimes. And <laughs> I don't know. Wow. <laughs> so so yeah. I only know a lot about Juggalos from an old YouTube channel called Joe Goes, which doesn't exist anymore, but I totally recommend people check out. And um, he went to a Juggalo festival or something. They have like Juggalo Fest or something every year. Yeah. And it's one of the most insane things I've ever seen, which is good because it's about insane clown posse, but it is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so definitely worth checking that video out. But yeah, they get up to some weird, weird shit at this uh, this thing. And they're even in trouble right now with the FBI. I just read that this morning. <laughs> Why because are they they're, with the FBI? I, I think they're being considered a, like, a, like a, a real gang by this point. Wow. Yeah, uh, with couple of crimes and <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, a bit of a different fact and fiction this week. But I like it. Well <laughs> prepped. Next time I'll come with some and I'm going to come with fact or fiction stories about rock star deaths. Oh, cool. Now it is time for a review. Something old, something new. Depends on if we've got the time to find new music instead of stupid rhymes. For our last couple of minutes, we still have our Lonely Island playlist and the stuff we've been listening to. So I, <laughs> I start off with Lift Your Head by Soul Hilo. You can't stay in. You can't escape the state. Your lips are hurting when you try to crack your face. Soul Hilo is an ex-member, I think ex-member, of the all-female band Katzenjammer, Katzenjammer, which is a band, it used to be a band, with four women who play every fucking instrument on this earth. And they are amazing. Like, they do a folk, pop, gospel, I don't know whatever kind of stuff music. And I freaking love it. I think they released three albums. And I had the great pleasure of actually joining Soul a couple of years back on stage when she started her solo career. Yeah. Wow. Dude, she's like one of my favorite musicians of all time. She has such an amazing voice. She can play, I don't know how many instruments, 20. And not like the usual, oh, I play synth and I play guitar. No, girl can play like the mandolin and the accordion and the blues harp. And I don't know. This is craft woman's chip, right? Like they've been changing concept. Everybody can sing as well, right? So from song to song, they change their instruments. And there's there hasn't been like a lead like a front woman right everybody's the leader of the band so yeah when she started her solo cool. career she shifted the things around like got a more poppy sound but her new single lift your head is very mellow very quiet she plays i think an old detuned piano in the background and then a, a, a choir comes in and everything awesome stuff like solo Hilo, like i said one of my favorite artists of all time probably my Man, she looks well. She looks badass. Yeah. I must admit, I'm sort of googling her now and just like her history and what she and plays and just her general sort of look and like like ethos. It's amazing. She's actually the one who inspired me to start my solo career. Right when I joined her on stage, like the the, the 
the way she acted on stage like she presented her whole band like this is the guitar player and everything she was so nice she was so nice to me i've been on stage for one song right and i got to meet her backstage and everything and she like she hugged me and said thank you a thousand times for me joining her and uh, dude like one of my career highlights for sure and everybody should check check out soul hilo s-o-l-h-e-i-o-o cool good one good recommendation what else you got cool i've got the very sudden new single from the 21 pilots which is called shy away don't you I freaking love it when bands still announce albums like here it is they announced their upcoming album for may 21 which is as of this point uh, like basically in a month right and nobody does it anymore i think beyonce released an album like immediately suddenly without uh, mm, warning mm, that was mm. cool and i love when when bands do that so yeah uh, shy away the new song by 21 pilots it's well it's a, i think a very standard 21 pilots song that goes more towards their older stuff um very poppy funky i think some of the new paramore stuff sounds similar but i love it like such it's a feel-good song and the video is cool it's in four by three gives it a very old school feel and they always do stuff with colors right Mm. the trench album Mm. was drenched in yellow and this one is drenched in blue. I think the album is something called with scales, uh, ice, ice and scales or something like that. Uh, okay. And the last one is a bit of a weird one. It is by Gareth. I don't know. What is this? Cocker? Cooker? It's C-O-K-E-R. Who is a, his has been the composer for the video games Ori and the Will of the Wisps and Ori and the oh, Silent wow. Forest, I think it's called. Wow. Yeah. Some and, wonderful and the, video games they are. Yeah, and the soundtrack is amazing, especially the song Restoring the Light Facing the Dark. That needs to be a tattoo on my body. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like the main theme of Ori is this beautiful... And whenever that shit hits, I'm starting to tear up. And this song, especially Restoring the Light Facing the Dark, comes at a point in the first game What's the first game called? The Silent Forest, right? Ori and the Blind Forest. The Blind Forest, excuse me. And when you have to like run away from something. I don't want to spoil that game because everybody needs to play this game, especially if you're into Metroidvania stuff. Holy crap, this is such an amazing song. And the main theme is just beautiful. The whole art style. This is this is this is the Ori games are works of art. Full stop. And if you don't like it, you are a bad person. (laughs) (laughs) Other opinions are welcome, except they're not.
So yeah, look, hit me, hit me with your three songs because there's stuff on there I've never heard about. So they're really varied as well, and I'd like to start off with one that's uh, probably the easiest to listen to, and that's by a singer-songwriter called Samantha Crane. I picked this up on BBC Six Music recently. Um, I think it's one of their like it's on their sort of playlist for the week, and um, it's this really nice folk tune, really simple, three minutes long. Um, and he's sort of three guitar chords kind of tune, and it utilizes a sample of an old gospel hymn uh, in it, which is kind of cool. And uh, yeah, it's just a nice little song, Bloomsday, and the guitar sounds incredible. I don't know quite how they've recorded it, but it's so clear, actually. Um, like, stunningly so. It sounds like I'm playing it, like it's right in front of me, which is really cool. Uh, not the most complex pop country folk song ever but she's really cool samantha crane she's got a really cool story she's um a singer songwriter of what is called choctaw descent now choctaw are native american people that occupy what is now sort of southeastern u.s so what is now sort of alabama florida mississippi louisiana so she's a native american um Mm -hmm. and uh so she does have like a kind of very unique look about her for sure and like a very unique style but she talks a lot about her sort of tribal sort of upbringing and like backgrounds and links and things so i really like her because it's just different it is like native american indie folk if you want to put it that Mm. way so it's it's strange to some people some of her back catalog but i like her and she's got a cool story she had a car accident a few years ago and couldn't use her hands for something like 18 months which is kind of a pain if you're a guitarist so uh Holy shit. so this now sent her off into a lot of songwriting instead and uh yeah her latest song's called bloomsday and it's totally worth checking out Another song I really like this week is by a guy called Israel Nash, who I've just uh, looked up to see what he actually looks like, to be honest. And I think it looks like you with longer hair and beard in 10 years' time. Like, it actually yeah, does. Yeah. All right. But he's got a song out called Stay, and it's from his latest album called Topaz. Now, I've heard of Israel Nash before, um, but a long time ago, and hadn't kept up him at all it's very sort of country americana rock this new one though is smooth i sent it to you it's got a lot going on like probably too much for me i think it's overdone at some points but it's this cool sort of like 80s if you told me it was like a lionel richie song i would have believed you like it's kind of this smooth like uh track like you said about daft punk on a previous episode when this track gets played babies are made Hell yeah. Like, it's a good one. So I really dig this track called Stay by Israel Nash. And uh, yeah, this really cool kind of Commodores 
George Benson 80s vibe to it, which I really love. That's my other one. And then in complete difference to that, my third one this week is by a band called Deaf Heaven. Do you know Deaf Heaven? I've heard of them before, but I couldn't put like my finger on a specific track. I got into Deaf Heaven about a year ago, but they were actually very critically acclaimed in sort of 2013. They released an album called Sunbather that completely passed me by. And I heard a track off of it the other day called Dream House. And... I don't even really know how to describe it. It is metal, like definitely black metal, I would say, and screamo for sure. But it's positive, which is bizarre. And like if you strip back all of the noise really a little bit and all that sort of double hit like drums and stuff like this, um, because they're playing lots of 30-second notes and stuff, like it's really fast, um, if you clip all of that back and like half speed it it would actually be super melodic like underneath you know you could just play it on guitar on its own and it would just sound like some sort of singer songwriter acoustic track there's some really cool epic like chord progressions you know so i really liked this because it isn't a nuts track but it kind of has a different identity underneath if you stripped it all back it could be easily like a coldplay song like it really could yeah. <laughs> So it's, uh, yeah, I really liked it. It's called Dream House, and it came out in 2013, um, and I completely passed me by. But I find it oddly calming to listen to this song, 10 minutes long, and even though you can't really hear what the guy's singing, it's all about the guitar sound. Okay, two questions for you. Go. Um, do you think screamo is still a genre, a word that yes. has a negative <laughs> has a, a negative thing to it? Because whenever I hear screamo, like I think of all the shit people uh, talk about it. Right? Screamo was something like a derogative term for, I think, uh, at least 10 years in the metal scene. Like, what did they play? Oh, just just emo screamo shit, right? Hmm. I don't know. I kind of feel like it's become its own thing that's less sort of shouted down on. Um, mm. But uh, but maybe it's just been replaced with other genres as well that are similar, like 
mm-hmm. post-hardcore metal or some bollocks like that. It'll be something different, you know, this bizarre emotional hardcore, metalcore, whatever you want to call it. Like, they kind of blend in and use elements of... Yeah, I, I guess what I think it was... I think it's quite a simplistic definition, I guess, screamo. Mm-hmm. Like, screaming emo music, really, which is what it is. So I don't really like the description, per se, but... But I we should totally get as, an expert on metal genres on here. We really like, should. I, I, I don't care about them, but I find it oddly fascinating and it, and really like interesting. Everybody has their own genre, right? Mm. Everybody knows about heavy metal and speed metal, but all this other stuff, depressive black metal, there has to be so much hidden stuff like everywhere, right? Second question, should everybody, every artist have at least one baby making song in their repertoire? Oh, totally. I, I don't think I have any baby-making songs in my repertoire. Now I'm going to have to Google myself, which is the height of egoism, but I, I can't remember most of my songs um, ever. Humble brag. <laughs> I mean, I've written so many. Uh, just to have eight monthly listeners, it's been so <laughs> worth it. Um, <laughs> I've written so many amazing songs, I can't even keep track of them. <laughs> so many amazing songs that only eight people listen to a month. It's... Uh, yeah, what a fan base. They're loyal, at least. Uh, no, I oh, don't yeah. have any baby-making songs. None at all. Just looked through. Me neither. It's what do shame. you think has to be in a baby-making song? Is it a, is it a wah guitar? Uh, no, but I would keep the BPM pretty low. Like, right. And, like, not keep the drums pretty sparse. It's got to have, like, a... Oh, like, let's try and think of some like really good. Oh, I mean, for me, like one of the best baby making songs is any sort of Barry White stuff, and you know it's kind of cliche, but <laughs> but it is, and it's got these strings that like swell in just as you'd be thrust in, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's it's all about <laughs> dynamics, I think. You know, feigning stuff in, and yeah. So getting hot in here. <laughs> all right, before we go, cool. we've talked about baby making yeah. and gone wildly <laughs> off topic to talk about baby making. Uh, we're going to submit some more songs to our Desert Island playlist. So what have you got to go into the mix this week? Oh, I have Above and Beyond on a Good Day. I do have a soft spot for vocal trance. <laughs> and okay. whenever it shines through, it is Above and Beyond. Who is a... The band is a duo, I think. Or is it, is it, is it a triplet? Is a triplet the right word? It's three people, A trio. Right? Trio, thank you very much. A trio. Jesus Christ, I could have known that. And they are awesome musicians. A good friend of mine uh, recently showed me a huge ass acoustic show they played. They are known for their like their EDM trance stuff. But dude, they check you have to check out on YouTube the Above and Beyond Acoustic Life at the Hollywood Bowl okay. uh, 4K concert film. It's two hours. They have um, amazing guest music- musicians fucking string quartet and acoustic guitars and p- pianos check this shit out above and beyond mm. on a good day for the playlist in original edm it's for the, the dance parties on the playlist uh, on, on the island it's in the playlist it's done i mean if it sounds like you're gonna do the fire festival if you're on a desert island <laughs> with some burning man <laughs> but uh there we go um, my pick for it is Jim James, A-E-I-O-U, which is a really great song and groovy as hell, um, even though it's technically kind of a protest song, but not really. Um, Jim James is the lead singer of My Morning Jacket, who I love. I would say I'm sort of a super fan. Um, and uh, A couple of times, right? I've seen them a couple of times, only a couple. I wish I could see them 
like hundreds. No, times. you mentioned them on the on the podcast. Yeah, because I, I love you them. talking about them. They're thinking yeah, about breaking cool. up, but that's for another day. We'll talk about that oh, another no. day because I don't want that to happen. Because um, <laughs> I feel like Jim James is losing love with music a little bit. But um, but anyway, cool artist, really wonderful guy. He's a hippie and also not a hippie. He's kind of just a cool, chill guy, and uh, I love him to pieces. Uh, one of my biggest musical influences, and he has a song called A E I O U, which is about. Uh, technology and its role in our lives and there's some really really good lines in it about how we probably rely on it too much basically all right thank you chris as always it's been thank you, fun. Ashley. yeah it has been